Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, actually maybe not children because sometimes we get a little bit inappropriate, coming at you from the wonderful Impala Films headquarters in sunny Southend on Sea, it is another episode of Second Take Cinema. I am your host, Jamie Evans, joined as always by Mr. Rory Jocelyn, and today we are doing a film chosen by Mr. Jocelyn. It's one of his favourite films, I believe, one of his favourites of all time. No, I wouldn't say necessarily. One of my, but it's one of my favourite comedies. Right. It's definitely one you quote a lot. Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we are going back to ye old year of 1980 as we talk about Airplane. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Airplane, although it's it's one of those titles that has an explanation mark on it, so I feel like it's supposed to be said Airplane, like that. Airplane! So this is a spoof comedy movie directed by Jim Abrahams, David and Jerry Zucker in all three of their directorial debuts. It was made for the relatively low budget of $3.5 million and grossed a whopping $171 million way back in 1980. It comes in at a nice tight 87 minute runtime. I like that. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, films that go overly long. Uh, and this stuff Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, um, a whole bunch of other people, most notably Leslie Nielsen. The biggest shock for me was that Leslie Nielsen is not the main character of this film, mm. because in pop culture, he is the one associated with this film. Yes, um, and with the uh, the Zuckers and Jim Abrams in their future ones with uh, Police Squad, uh, the Naked, Naked Gun. Gun trilogy, which is an offshoot of Police Squad. And then obviously that he's, uh, I mean... They've gone on to do other things, but he also came back for them on Scary Movie Three, yeah, uh, about twenty years later. Uh, and he went to he went he worked with Mel Brooks as well on Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah, yeah. He started. Do, this was the first comedy movie he did, and along with every other actor in this, apart from one we will get to later, because um, I can't believe he was hired for acting chops. Uh, but everyone else in this film was hired because they were serious actors mm. who'd done so, who they, they didn't do comedy yeah. roles and they wanted them to play it all serious. Uh, mm. So, But one thing I will say about Leslie Nielsen, he said that after he did this film, every single acting role that he'd done prior, all the serious acting films, all of a sudden people started watching them and laughing and saying you were funny in this film. Mm. But because it was his comedy's deadpan performance throughout this, they basically just took that he's always playing yeah. jokes, even in the serious films. Well, apparently Leslie Nielsen, way back at the, around the time of release, when an interviewer said to him that he was playing against type in Airplane, yeah. uh, he, he actually protested and said, no, I've always been cast against type before. 
<laughs> airplay air, uh, comedy is what he always wanted to do apparently yeah 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 he it, i've seen interviews with him where he said you know it was the thing he always wanted to do but no one would ever give him a, a, a comedy mm. role because he's not a funny look he doesn't look like a funny guy he doesn't act like a funny guy no, he's got that deep voice yeah yeah he's, he's got a, quite a it's, it's actually quite a commanding presence weirdly enough mm. oh he's really in a serious context the best thing i've ever seen leslie nielsen in is not a comedy at all uh he is in one of the short films that makes up uh creep show right. the first creep show he is in a short that's just him and ted danson they're the only two actors in it oh nice um and he's the villain and i actually can't remember why he hates ted danson i think ted danson is married to his daughter and has cheated on him or, or cheated on her or something right anyway leslie nielsen drugs ted danson and buries him in the beach up to his neck and then leaves him for the tide to come in and drown him Wow. And the, the whole film is just a monologue by Leslie Nielsen with Ted Danson occasionally being like, no, man, you can't do this. Um, but it's brilliant. It's, it really shocked me because it was Leslie Nielsen, how I'd never seen him before. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth watching. Yeah. Um, Creep Show is not a bad... As with all anthology films, some sections are good, some sections aren't. Sure. Um, but it's a, it, I mean, it's a powerhouse team-up because it's directed by George Romero uh, oh, and wow. all the stories are written by Stephen King. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it's an incredible team-up. Um, this film received universal acclaim from critics. It's widely regarded as one of the best films of 1980. Uh, it has a 97% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and... The site's critical consensus reads, Though unabashedly juvenile and silly, Airplane is nevertheless an uproarious spoof comedy full of quotable lines and slapstick gags that endure to this day. Our good buddy Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote, Airplane is sophomoric, obvious, predictable, corny, and quite often very funny. And the reason it's funny is frequently because it's sophomoric, predictable, corny, etc. Yep. Um... I don't think there's anyone who's a contrarian. At least nothing that's... I can't find <laughs> Time for you to change that, James. Time for me to change that, because this was garbage. So, Jamie... No, it wasn't garbage. It wasn't garbage. I'm going to come up... Because I'm not doing that anymore. This isn't Jamie, your film taste sucks. I'm not playing that character anymore. This just isn't a type of comedy I like. Have... Okay, so... Uh... I don't like spoof films in general. Sure. Have you ever seen this movie before? No. Have you I, ever I'd seen a grown seen... man naked? I... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> several. Um, I'd seen bits of it just because it's one of those films, much like Back to the Future or Indiana Jones, where you can't really be alive for more than about a decade and have not heard anything about Airplane. Yeah. Like, it's one of those that... It was a cultural touchstone of its yeah, time, I think. It's parodied so frequently. It's quoted so frequently. Yeah. I, I definitely 100% knew the... Um, of course I'm serious and don't call me Shirley. Yeah. Line. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, I, knew uh, that, that that, I think that was the line that made Leslie Nielsen yeah. in the comedy sphere, and it became so readily quoted that yeah. it just it just kept coming um, back and back. And and I know the I obviously know the famous meme of the guy when he's piloting the plane and he's like dripping sweat everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. a meme that gets shared yeah. quite a lot. It's used quite yeah, as a gif usually. Uh so as always, this is a spoiler warning for anyone. We are going to be spoiling elements of 
airplane. Um, not that there's much to spoil in the way of plot because it's a parody movie. Uh, yeah, particularly... there's no twists, really. Is no um, parodying a whole wave of disaster movies that were based in airplanes that were produced from the 1950s to the 1970s, most notably Airport 1975 uh, and Zero Hour. Zero Hour, Hour. Zero Hour the they, two... bought, they bought the rights to Zero Hour because it was so, basically they spoofed Zero Hour yes. so closely that they thought that they would get sued well, if they didn't. Uh, that's interesting you mentioned that. Thank you for reminding me because I actually meant to mention it is such a close spoof that when they won an award for this, they had to win best adapted screenplay. They couldn't win original. It's not classed as an no, original screenplay. It's too close to the original. Yeah, uh, but yeah, apparently the two big influences on it were Zero Hour and Airport 1975. Nice. Um, I know. I know they made a few airport movies because I know. Uh, uh, a guy we know who's big into collecting Criterion films, he's got loads of them. Oh, okay. I think it's like four of them or something. I didn't realise Airport uh, was even a series. So no, I didn't until I talked to him. To. Nice. <laughs> I think there's like Airport 75, 77, 78, and I think 1980 might be the last one. Right. Because uh, it was, as with all franchises, diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, and then this this ruined it because I, I think that I think they actually credited this with the reason that one didn't make any money because this came out first right. and then no one could take it seriously. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the basic plot is there's a guy whose name I forget, so please remind me the main guy. Oh, Ted uh, Ted Stryker. The actor you want. Or no, the, the character. Oh, yeah, the character's Ted Stryker. So Ted Stryker is a former NAM vet yes. uh, who was an Air Force pilot yep. and suffered a crash and hasn't been able to fly since. Is so that right? He ordered a, a bunch of men to do some attack somewhere uh, and basically everyone died or got horrendously traumatised. Right. Um, and they succeeded in the mission, but... He was kind of seen as he. he He's got no, the yips. <laughs> yeah, everyone thought he was a hero, but he viewed himself as a pariah for um, for having ruined the mission. Right. Um, I mean, his... did we say this? But the story that the film doesn't really take that narrative seriously either. It doesn't really take anything too seriously. Nothing is taken seriously no. in this movie. So, I mean, if if you want to say that's, it sounds like a super serious narrative when you say it, mm. but the film does not treat it with no. any form of. I mean. Characters die. Gravitas. Characters die, and no one bats an eyelid in this movie. Yes, this is less serious than most horror comedies. Yes, which surprised me because um, at least in horror comedy, like say Shaun of the Dead, it's a big deal still when characters die. Mm. But this, is, I mean, literally, an old lady hangs herself right near the beginning of the film, and, no and we see her swinging legs. And no one cares. Not only does no one care, she isn't still. She she's gone for the rest of the film. Yeah. Like in in theory, she should actually still be hanging there for the whole film because we don't see anyone take her down. So the, the film is essentially uh, a, a massive compilation of gags. Uh, like so, it's, it's mostly gag humor. Uh, yeah. It feels a little. That, actually, that's a good compilation's a good word because mm. it actually feels like someone took a load of sketches from a sketch show yeah. and stitched them together into a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can see that. That's. Um, it's more of a cartoon in that sense as well, you know, yeah. like the wily e. coyote will go off the edge of a cliff and would obviously die hitting the ground. Mm. But being that we're in Acme level logic, yeah, it's cartoon it doesn't... physics. Yeah, so and, and basically, airplane runs on the exact same yeah. physics. Do you know what my favourite cartoon physics trope is? Uh, gravity doesn't take effect until you notice it. Yes. 
they do it in Road Roadrunner does it the most, I think. You'll always get the one where the Roadrunner will just run from one cliff to another. But because Wiley Coyote, Wiley Coyote will run like halfway, then he'll look down, look up, and he'll hold up a sign that'll be like, yipes, or something yeah, like that. And he'll drop. just fall. <laughs> that is my favourite cartoon physics trope. Um, but anyway, so uh, he's this Vietnam vet. He's got a girlfriend who is leaving him. Yes. Uh, she's an air stewardess. What's her name? Uh, Elaine. 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 Um, and he decides in a last ditch effort uh, that he's going to follow her onto the plane. Yeah. Leaving uh, a passenger in his taxi. Who doesn't which, actually come back to Which it, didn't yeah. come back. I no. thought that was the really obvious joke. Yeah. But, but they, they go to it. another airport. It, we'd never go back to him still waiting. You'd have thought there yeah. would have been like one cu- shot of him right at the very end. Yeah, I thought they were going to like credits. cut back to him and he's literally still there with, with a beard since it's that stupid. Literally, he's t- yeah. so time's gone by, he's growing a beard. You know what? If this was made now, what would happen is rather than have him come back as a gag later on, it would be the Marvel-style post credit sequence and he's yeah. the villain of the next movie. Yeah. I mean, this film... I mean, we're kind of jumping all over the place now, but who cares? Um, the film doesn't take its this, notice this film, This film wouldn't be made today. No. If you made this... To, and I don't just mean to the offensive humour because you can change that. But as you said, the reason this works, or at least it works for most people, is how deadpan it is. There's absolutely no way in hell Hollywood would trust it to be that deadpan these days. This would be filled with, like, Kevin Hart and people like that being like, oh, hell no, all over the place. And people like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell would be the Leslie Nielsen character in if Ugh. they made it now, and it basically he would just explain all the jokes. You know, the only modern actor who could actually pull off that Leslie Nielsen character. Go on, Steve Carell. Yes, yes, Steve Carell is a fantastic actor and a great yeah. comedy actor. Yeah, he, um, he could pull it off. But you're right; the, I guarantee you, the main character would be like Kevin Hart. That I, I would I, bet money yeah. it would be Kevin Hart. What Kevin Hart would be Ted Striker. Yeah, you'd have. I think it'd be Will Ferrell as the Leslie Nielsen role. Yeah, doctor. probably. Um, Who would you would put? I don't even know if they would have most of the gags with the captain, with the boy. You ever seen a grown man naked? That would be Joe. That'd be that'd be J.K. Simmons. Yes, it would. Yeah, he would do a great job of it as well. Um, <laughs> and then your your athlete, who's also a pilot, would yes. be The Rock. Yes, yes, it would. Maybe Batista, but to be honest, I think Batista would be too good for this now. <laughs> yes, his, his career's re- gone really well. Yeah, I thought he was just going to be meathead after meathead, and he like he purposely put himself out. No, yeah. I'm not doing meathead roles. Give me, and he's like serious dramatic yeah. roles. Plus, and people, he's actually good in them. Yeah, plus <laughs> people, I did not expect. No, I know. <laughs> plus, people just love The Rock and Kevin Hart together. Yeah, those two are. In a lot of films together. Yeah, they've got a good tag team. A bit like um, Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley are in yeah. a lot of films together. So who who would Elaine be? It'd probably be like Kristen Wiig, wouldn't it? Yeah, or, probably. Or, uh, oh dear Lord, Amy Schumer. I hope, no, no, because she's, she's meant to be sexy. Yeah, but they keep putting Amy Schumer in sexy roles. That's true. Which That's is true. obnoxious. I, I just, mm, I think because of the... And I don't co- know. It depends on how closely they follow and, and the of course, 80s ideals and on of it, co- which course, they probably wouldn't have done. You, you couldn't do it because, one, you'd have to change it so he's an Iraq war vet. Yeah. And then you couldn't... Let's be honest. There's one very big historical reason why you couldn't make this film now. 9-11. Oh, shit. I don't know why that slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah you're right. You, you could Especially the bit where they hit that um, record studio tower as they fly yeah. by. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Do you know what? There's only one director who would be brave enough to make this now. It's Uwe Boll. It's Uwe Boll. I'm not sure bravery is the word I'd give Uwe Boll. I just think he's Audacity? That... Yes. Audacity is the word that would give Shamelessness. Uwe Boll. A man with absolutely zero self-awareness. Yeah. Anyway. Um... That wouldn't ruin our chances of working with him, would it? Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Um, and basically what happens is both pilots and the navigator as well as some of the uh, passengers all get food poisoning from some bad fish yes i thought that that was going to be part of the storyline i thought it would turn out some like terrorists or something i'm not gonna lie this is probably me being a horrible person but you know those two monks who it specifically shows you getting on at the beginning harry krishna's the two monks were they Harry Krishnas? No, Harry Krishnas, I think. No, Harry, Harry Krishnas, Krishnas have great big beards and stuff. These were like Tibetan monks or something, because oh, yeah. they had like those Shaolin ponytail type things. They're not Harry Krishnas. Thought they were... oh, maybe they are. I don't know. What the fuck <laughs> uh, do uh, I know? To be fair, it looked like something that is a very American cultural thing because yeah. we did not have like all the shit of people walking through the airport and trying to give you shit at the airport. That doesn't happen in the UK. No. So I've got no context for yeah accuracy. My, my point that. is, I thought it was going to turn out they were terrorists and they drugged right. the food because I I don't know why. Obviously, I'm just stereotyping him. I had no idea Leslie Nielsen played a doctor in this. I thought he played a character very similar to his Naked Gun character. Right, I no. thought he was like an air marshal or something. No, so he's 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 not even in it for like half an hour. Yeah, he's... which that's a problem for me. You're gonna you're gonna promise me a Leslie Nielsen comedy, yeah, you, and rem- I know that's me coming to it retroactively. Yeah, yeah that's the problem you've but got there. You're gonna promise me a Leslie Nielsen comedy and then not give me any Leslie Nielsen till halfway through the fucking film. Yeah, like... but he wasn't he wasn't an, a comedy actor. No, was... I know. So let's talk about why you wanted to put this one. Talk about your history with this film and why you wanted us to see it. So. I mean, to be honest, uh, I was feeling a little low and I wanted to watch a comedy that would cheer me up. And I know Airplane always hits the mark uh, because I find it genuinely hilarious. Uh, I know you don't. Do, do you feel cheered? I do feel cheered. Are your spirits buoyed? They are buoyed. And very buoyed. Um, yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> That's from the sitcom Happy Endings, if anyone has seen that. Fantastic. It's got the younger, the youngest Wayans brother in it, I think. Right. Um Damon Wayans Jr., I Lil think Wayne. is his name. Um, and one of his character's life dreams is to have a boat, which he's going to call, call Year Boy. Right. And it turns out that's already taken. So then he uh, chooses boys to men, and then boys on the side. Right. It's a bit weird. Yeah, it was an okay <laughs> show. It wasn't a great show. It was good, though. No, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so basically, I can't remember when I first watched this movie. Um but for me, it, I suppose the comedy of it works for me because it's kind of, uh, I say modern, an update for the 80s of that kind of irreverent humour that is present in the Marx Brothers. And we are going to be doing some Marx Brothers later on in this uh, in this series. But the, what I liked about the Marx Brothers was that everyone was very serious and played it straight. Except the Marx Brothers, who were cartoons within a realistic framework. This update not only had the parody element that wasn't in the Marx Brothers, it has um, everyone playing it straight, bar one person. We will get to that person later because I told, I did warn you about this character, 
And I said, you'll hate this character because I hate this character. It's the one thing that I think doesn't work. Um, but yeah, and because it's full of dramatic actors playing the parts as if they're in an actual dramatic film, that accentuates and improves the comedy quite highly. I'm not the only person who tends to think this way. I know that, uh, for example, and some people will balk at these two names, but Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who make South Park, um, they feel the same way. When that you know, if you're going to take a subject that's silly and make it more silly, the way you sell it is by treating it like, or having the the characters within that story treat it with a serious level of gravitas, because then it accentuates how stupid it is. If everyone is just being stupid around a stupid situation, then the comedy's gone because there's nothing of there is no drama that will grip you. And Airplane gets tight to that at certain points. There are points where um, you have some actors playing it with Gravitas and it gets to, a bit too close to the line with a couple of characters who are too comedic. Mm. Um, and it's it, it, it can pull you out of the film. Uh, but yeah, no, so that I've waffled on a little bit there, I apologise. But basically, it's an extension for me of the Marx Brothers comedy that I really enjoyed growing up. And it's, I, I haven't seen much like it outside of what Zucker Abram Zucker do, f- probably at least for about 20 odd years of film now. Yeah. Um, I know they've done films since then, Basketball, which we are going to review, um, and Scary Movie 3 at least. Yeah. But even those aren't on, and they certainly don't have the cultural and the uh, critical reception that Airplane has. Um, no. And they i don't think they updated their humor so it ended up just being they're doing their 80s comedy shtick 20 years too late yeah um but yeah i'd like to see what an update to this comedy genre format is yeah what about yourself jamie um so th- this is a type this is probably my least favorite type of comedy yeah um which is this w- 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 it's hard to explain it because i like comedies that are weird but this is too, it feels too childish. It feels almost like it was written by children for me. Because it's, it alternates between jokes that are so painfully obvious, it's like something your granddad would tell. Like, um, what's a hospital? It's a tall building full of patients, but that doesn't matter right now. Yeah, they. to be fair, I, they do repeat that exact joke about, four times yeah. but with a different building or something mentioned. but it, it alternates between that and jokes that are they're not jokes in my opinion they're not jokes because they're no there's no setup punchline setup punchline you, uh, they are um they are just random acts so that the film doesn't get boring like there's a bit towards the end when we're in the control tower and they're talking and a spear comes out of nowhere and hits the wall yeah, and then a, then watermelon. a watermelon drops and smashes but there's no context to that at all no no, no. setup to it all. and i i just don't like stuff like that i like i like my comedy a a little bit more relatable and b set in a set in a world that feels like it has some stakes to it whereas this very much like you said is a cartoon multiple ca- multiple characters die in yep. this movie yep. and not once is it ever treated with reverence not once is it 
oh no, this character's dead. It's just, we're never going to mention them again. Yeah, the not the, the sick girl, where does the sick girl disappear to? After her main gag, talking about it feeling like sketches yes. stitched together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she gets the IV pulled out and she does the weird fish face. pout, yeah. which is not the face you'd make if you were dying, but whatever. Um, it's a little girl trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, she's, she's never seen again. <laughs> I think she's seen right at the end, actually, but it's and for another gag that, again, doesn't have any... Because I'm pretty certain she's the one that they put into the back. Once they've landed, they put her in the... I think it's her they put in the back of this ambulance. Oh, okay. And as the ambulance drives away, you hear a crash and you see a hubcap roll by. Yeah. And I think that's the little girl's ambulance. Oh, I see. But... Again, like treat like that's it. There is no like, oh my god, there no one rushes to it. it it's ignored basically. Um, it's a throwaway gag. Yeah. Um, no, and there's no like you know, but that's a child who needs a heart transplant. You know, no one cares. Yeah, they do. And I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not been influential. It's definitely been influential on comedy as a whole, and definitely on spoof comedy. I mean, the the biggest spoof comedy of the '90s and the 2000s was the Scary Movie franchise, and even the ones that weren't done by Zucker, Zucker and Abrams, which I think is only Scary Movie Three. I don't think they did four or five. Mm, they definitely didn't do one and two. I, they definitely didn't do one and two. That's the Wayans brothers. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen four and five because three was so. I I'd grown out of it by three. Yeah. But even those two, scary movie one, I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely one, which is largely a parody of Scream. Yep. I have um, actually seen that one. That scary movie. Yeah, the first one. So there's a joke in that that's directly lifted from Airplane. Yeah. Which is when. It's actually a parody of Scream movie of Screen Two, so slight spoilers for Screen Two, which I know you haven't seen yet. In Screen Two, Jada Pinkett Smith's character gets killed in a cinema right. filled with people dressed as Ghostface, yeah. and the real Ghostface sits next to her and stabs her. She climbs up on the on the stage in front of the screen, and everyone thinks it's just part of the movie, right. like a publicity stunt. So everyone's cheering while she dies. Um, which is a very cool image. They do that same thing in in scary, scary movie. That's a parody of the scene in this where uh, you know when they all line up to beat that woman up. Yeah, and they're like, "I'll handle this." Uh, they do it there where some the guy from Scream is going to stab her, but she's talking in the movie, and instead that old woman just stands up and stabs her, and then there's like a whole line of people stabbing her. Right, um, because um, one of them's an acidic Jew, and right. he and he got <laughs> acidic, not acidic. I said acidic. Oh, did you? I thought you said acidic. Where's the alkaline? Yes, juice? they're bitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and when he stabs her, he goes, "This is for ruining Schindler's List." Because <gasps> <laughs> she talks to all the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think someone goes and Caddyshack and stabs her for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It's a shame because I want to, I don't want to be contrarian. I want to like this movie, but I just didn't find ninety nine percent of it funny. Um, there were a couple of bits that were like uh, the bit where they ring the Mayo Clinic and there's all mayonnaise on the shelves behind the doctor person. Yeah, I've seen that joke done before. Yeah, but I think everything I've seen do it before came after this. Sure, um, that made me smile. Um, I feel like there was one more in the middle somewhere. What about the little girl who likes her coffee black, like her men? That's weird. That's just a weird <laughs> joke, man. That's a child. 
Um, <laughs> but that's why it's funny. And it is it's weird. so weird. And it is weird. Like, there's the bit where there's just the random naked woman. That's, oh, running the, around with her top off she, while the plane is crashing. She literally, like, the it's a wide shot of the plane. Everyone's, you know, throwing themselves around like it's 1960s Star Trek. Yeah. And she just walks, to, like, you can't even see her face. It's no. just her torso. Yeah. She just walks in front of the camera, stands there, Jiggly. shakes her boobs a little bit. Which, again, you know, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm, I'm always appreciative of that. Mm. But it... For for a film that's got the legendary reputation it's got, yeah. I wasn't expecting that sense of humour. Well, that base level of humour. Because that's usually yeah. looked down upon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple probably of base been, level bits of humour in this, to be fair. Probably because it's been done so badly by the imitators since. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Anything that this did right would have been imitated poorly following it. Yeah, as happens with every successful film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what are the standout bits for you? So I really like the dance nightclub scene mm-hmm. uh, where like it's a flashback to how he met Elaine and it's this dirty dive bar in the middle of I don't know where it's meant to be it's sort of like Cuba or something like that maybe right. but it's uh, yeah this it's meant to be full of all these horrible <laughs> like this horrible dangerous place there's like you get these big man hands gambling and as it pulls out like one of them sees one of them's cheating and they start having a fist fight, and it turns out the two people fist fighting are two uh, look Girl Scouts. Yeah, uh, massive brawl throughout the entire scene. Kind uh, of referenced in Dodgeball, I feel. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, there's also the bit where during that sequence, as he's like when he first gets to the dance floor, he throws his jacket. Yeah, and it, when that comes back and smacks him in the face, that slapstick gold. I liked it. Yeah, I heard you laugh at that, and I was just like, "Fuck's sake!" But it was so well done. I was still in the middle of saying, "For fuck's sake!" because they literally have the cartoon whoop 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 sound effect, and I was like, "No." I was appreciative of the wire work in that scene, though. Yeah, when he's doing the Cossack dance. Yeah, uh, but clearly isn't actually doing it. Oh like, yeah, because there's no way his body would. Supp- the gravity doesn't work. No, he's leaning, and when she lifts him as well, he's obviously on wires. Yeah. On wires. What's funny is we watched. You had a DVD copy of it that we watched. Mm. I have it on Blu-ray, and on the Blu-ray you can see the wires, but you couldn't on the Honestly, DVD at all. I- I'm going to go on a slight little tangent here quickly, which I think I've already gone on this tangent on VGMP before, but maybe oh well. yeah. Better quality isn't always actually better for the film. I feel this way about Hellraiser. What? I watched a high def like transfer of Hellraiser, and because it's in such good quality now, you can see the edges of the makeup, right, and things like that. Sure. And it's like like this scene in the original quality, you can't see the wires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now in like four K or whatever, yeah, you can see them. It's not always actually better. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say about the HD version that was better than the DVD one, and it's something that could be fixed at DVD level, it just wasn't in the copy you've got, is the frame rate's off. Is it? Yes. I didn't uh, know there was There was uh, motion blurring. Very very slight, but it was there. I'm pretty certain it's uh, the, the one we watched was either at 25 or probably more closer to 29.7 frames per second instead of the necessary 24 when i checked the properties it said 23 point something frames a second oh really then it might just be it might be just a very old transfer then 
Yeah. Um, that's led to a bit of ghosting. Because I, I do Because it's, lo- it's a lot like, uh, either that or your TV added some ghosting in the motion when it upscaled. Maybe, but you turned that off for me. I thought I turned that off, yeah. Because um, it, it was leading to delays with it when we were watching stuff. Well, because this is another thing. Sets, the same friend who's got the Criterion collection, he, he bought me round once to show me his super cool, mm. super expensive home cinema setup where he's got like a top range TV that's like. 8k or whatever and stuff i don't even know anything about and i don't like the way films look on that no they look too smooth and i don't like it so some of that i would imagine he's got some filters and stuff on the television because i've seen it on other tvs as well something i I hate that tvs come with those settings because i have to turn them all off i don't know what the fuck they're for and i don't know why anyone does sport aren't they yeah but i don't want sport and it ruins everything else it touches i'm like mate just i I don't give a shit if my sport looks like shit because i'm never watching sport except for dodgeball but if i watch dodgeball it's filmed on 24 frames so it would ruin dodgeball no no i'm suggesting that you watch actual dodgeball tournaments why i'd rather throw balls at you they used to show them on espn you know yeah after the film popularized I thought it. it was on the ocho after the film <laughs> popularized it the actual real world espn started showing dodgeball <laughs> tournaments and i watched it and it near enough is the exact rules from the film nice and i actually did watch a few of them and then i was like it's not as fun without white goodman there no did they do sudden death uh, not on any of the ones I watched. <laughs> I don't think that's a real rule. I reckon that was... Because that was uh, the that was secondary ending, rewrite. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Airplane. Um, so there's a couple of jokes you liked, but for the most part, it wasn't your taste. Nothing made me laugh out loud. Sure. No, I did notice that. Compared to... Uh, what other comedies have we already covered? Like Detention, I actually laughed out loud at yeah, that. Yeah, I like uh, Detention as well, if you recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so, the way I'm going to view this, then, is where you really didn't enjoy it, this is my revenge for making me sit through American Pie, which is... Yeah, but I feel uh, bad, because the difference was, is at the end of American Pie, you kind of did... You kind of were able to find some value in American Pie. You found some value in whereas, this? I haven't really, I just... It's just not. I'm just not being nasty. It's just not the sort of comedy I like. Like I, I, I never would, ne- would watch this again. I ever. would never watch American Pie um, again. And though. I don't really it's... ever want to watch anything else that these people have ever made ever. Um, <laughs> but that's the same with me and Gross Out Hugh. But I'm going to have to, obviously, because we're well, going to yeah. do Naked you, Gun you, at one you've point. Given and... us, you've given us American Pie two. Because you have to see one and two. Because they kind of. I mean, technically, one, two, and three form a complete story, but I won't make you watch three because three turns the gross up out too far. No. Something that is interesting is, obviously, we disagree on a variety of films. Like, we disagreed on Goodfellas. We disagreed on... Well, there'll be more films to disagree on. We disagreed on uh, Pray for the Wildcats, though. um, That's not really a big extreme uh, because it was a a more indie-level movie. Pretty close on Armageddon, though. We're, well, there are films that we agree on, but there's quite a few we disagree on. But largely, we agree on dramatic stuff. Where we diverge in opinion quite strongly tends to be comedy. Yeah. Um, because I, I noticed you showed me 2001 Maniacs, for example, which we are going to do in this series. <laughs> we might not, actually. I might no? chicken chick out chick doing out it. That. It might be too politically incorrect to get away with there, now. There are some jokes that really go close to the knuckle. But the... You you find that funny because it's one of those where it's so bad it's funny. Yeah, I mean I find and it you funny. like Robert England, which helps. I do like Robert England. I find it funny because I I am a bit of a sucker and I shouldn't be. 
and I shouldn't be because it's juvenile and whatnot. I'm a bit of a sucker for for the type of humour that is risky in the sense of you shouldn't actually be making that joke because the PC police will come and get you. The problem um, with that, though, Jamie, is that we'd already seen Postal. Yeah. And Postal is... Uh, basically, 2001 Maniacs is a tame version of yeah, Postal. Yeah, but remember, I saw 2001 Maniacs first. That's true. So enough. I saw that when I was, like, 14. Um, But Postal was um, garbage. But uh, then, but then I say I like that sort of humour. I don't find Frankie Boyle funny, and that's all his humour. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm just weird. See, I. It is interesting though that because you and I have a laugh a lot. Like we're not necessarily on this show. We'd have some of a laugh on VGMP, but usually we're kind of both in some sort of mode where we're trying to be entertaining. Yeah. When we're not recording. You and I sit down, we chat, we have a laugh, we share a form of comedy somewhere. But when it comes to what we watch for comedy movies, we seem to be on completely separate tracks with a very rare few where we'll kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. And as we said earlier, Dodgeball is one where we meet heavily in the middle. We both think that that's a brilliant yeah. f- comedy film. We both meet in the middle, though not anywhere near as close as we do with dodgeball we're on basically the exact same path with dodgeball but wild hogs we both enjoy i enjoy it more than you do i think but it at the same token at least you do enjoy it but then there's things like this where we've got american pie which you enjoy and i think is absolute garbage and then there's obviously now airplane which i really enjoy and you find is pretty much garbage yeah I still haven't quite figured out what the specifics are that make something like how to see a film and go, right, I know Jamie will like this or I know we would both enjoy this film. Yeah. Because like America, like American Pie is gross out. But the first one at least didn't have a lot of gross out. Yeah, no, American Pie, because so the first one, I think, only has like two gross out jokes in it. It becomes increased, much like how Saw becomes increasingly reliant on the traps yeah. and gore, American Pie becomes increasingly reliant on gross out. Yeah. So one and two, there's not too much gross out. Three, there's a lot more. You have jokes like um, Jim shaves his pubes for his wedding night. Right. And shaves them over an extractor fan which sucks them sucks the air out and pumps it into the kitchen all over the wedding cake um and that's tame that's not that that same film also has the one where stifler eats poop no uh yeah exactly um and then they carry on going from there and and it does devolve admittedly it devolves into just what is the most bodily fluids we can spray over the screen yeah kind of like saw they kind of follow the same trajectory in that way um Uh, i do but but then it's not that you don't like zaniness either because while this is zany and you don't like it we watch detention yeah and you can't say detention isn't zany and i love and i love love like it's one of my favorite films of all time army of darkness which has got loads of funny slapstick, old-fashioned humour in it. Yeah. One of Sam Raimi's biggest influences is the Three Stooges. Right. Um, and he literally lifts Three Stooges gags for Army of Darkness. Um, it's interesting, actually. When it, you know, Army of Darkness being the, co- the the most comedy, probably, of the um, Evil Dead series. Definitely. Except you, maybe the series, but, yeah, yeah of the films. Of the th- uh, yeah, of the trilogy. Um and it has that old school Three Stooges 
uh, sort of inspiration to it. Mm. And then we've got this film, which has a lot more. It's it's a little bit more connected to uh, the tr- the very traditional. As traditional as the Three Stooges, Marx Brothers mm. style of humour. I've never seen the Three Stooges, so I've that's, seen bits. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if you'd enjoy the Three Stooges and if I would enjoy the Three Stooges. Yeah. To see if maybe like try and break it down to where mm. each type of comedy maybe, track starts. Maybe it's and, the context it's in as well, because so Airplane is a parody of disaster movies. I do find you seem to enjoy a lot of high school comedies. Yeah, and detention fits that, and American Pie fits yeah. that. Mean Girls fits that. Mean Girls fits that. Um, d- uh, Airplane's a parody of of disaster movies. Girl Next Door fits that. I'm not really into disaster movies anyway as it's a true. base. Yeah. Whereas Army I'm actually of... not into disaster movies though. No. Okay, fair enough. Because I was going to say Army of Darkness. I'm trying to work out why I maybe prefer that type of humor in Army of Darkness to sure. Airplane. It's a parody of horror. Well, it's not a parody, is it? It's a comedy version of horror, which is a genre I care very much about. But it it has that... Do you remember I said earlier when we were talking off-air, some films just have a magic touch for me? Mm. Army of Darkness has that magic touch. I I absolutely adore Sam Raimi's direction. Uh, He is probably my favourite director. Uh, Definitely he's in the conversation for my favourite director. Bruce Campbell, I find magnetic to watch. I realise this is probably blasphemy for most people, but like Bruce Campbell over anyone in in this film for me. And I love Leslie Nielsen, Mm. but Bruce Campbell for me personally has a charisma that I find endlessly watchable no matter what he's doing even when he's just doing cameos in the spider-man movies they are highlight scenes for me i will say though um part of that might be that bruce campbell's characters certainly within the evil dead trilogy he's i mean evil dead 2 is basically the only character in the whole bloody film yeah no Um, one else turns up to like the second half and i mean that that film would not work without him in it yeah uh, not just be- like they could cast another actor, but it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Uh, so it that's a magnetic actor to begin with, but there's no one who has like even Leslie Nielsen in this because he wasn't a big name in the same fashion that he was afterwards. Mm. Um, there isn't really anyone who's given that much of a lead. Mm. Maybe the closest you'd get to that style of a character is um, the the pilot who comes in to talk him down over the handset. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Max something. Oh, Jim something. No, no, Captain no. Captain Jim something. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, 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 he comes in, he, the guy beats up all of the religious people at the airport, yeah. and then <laughs> um, that guy's probably the closest, and it's not the same character type mm. at all. It's just it's the closest there is yeah. to having someone who comes in with a certain amount of magnetism already built in yeah. if you were to do if, if if it was a parallel universe that would be the bruce campbell character yeah in airplane um yeah it i'm really fascinated by the the big dif- distinctions though because like i do find you give an easier ride to high school stuff and maybe it's uh, just because there's stuff in there only, that is more only, relatable only high school stuff i grew up with 
if you show me modern high school films, I tend to find them tedious. But mm. I grew up with American Pie, Mean Girls, In Between Us, and enjoyed In Between Us somewhat. Yeah, I know I, you said it wasn't your favourite. Yeah, but... and I was still in. Well, I was in my first year at uni when I saw that. Right. So, and they're in sick form in that, so it was still close enough. Were they? I thought they were actually school. No, kids. they're in sick form in that. Oh, okay. Because because so that it. teacher who yells at them all the time, yes, Greg, Greg Davis, Davis he's yeah. the head of sick form. Right, gotcha. Because um, what's the one? What's Why are they the still one? in school uniform but then? Actually, no. Here's one. Here's here's one though. Because even that logic doesn't work for me. Because here's a film that everyone else loved. It's a high school film. Came out while I was in school, mm. and I hate it. Super bad. I hate super bad. It's not funny. I didn't watch Superbad. There's also um, Napoleon Dynamite that everyone I said was. I haven't seen a, that one. Too I haven't fair. seen it either. But the, the, those are like the mid nineties, uh, mid two thousand. Sorry, there was quite a few films that was like it's the high school nerd comedy. Uh, it's they're really funny. You guys, you'd love it. You'd be amazing. And anything I ever saw of it, and I only ever saw the trailers, I was just like, this looks shit. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds bad. I shouldn't judge something without having seen it. Yeah. But they looked like the nerd version of gross out comedies. Yeah. And I was just like, I hate gross out comedies anyway. Yeah. Putting nerds in the main characters doesn't make them better. No. That's not the problem with gross out comedies. Because I, I thought for a little bit, you know, I thought to myself, when I was trying to work it out, and I was like, is it just that I don't like old comedies? Like, oh my God, am I that person? But there are plenty of comedies way older than Airplane that I really like. Did you name like, a Ma- like Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn comedies. Did you name one? Uh, so like The Seven Year Itch. Okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, I wonder if you'd like, because we, we have planned to do The Odd Couple, which yeah. is Jack Lemmon and... Um, Walter Matow. Okay, so I do like I do like some like it hot, which is Jack Lemon, Marilyn Monroe, and um, yes, I've seen that film. That's a good film. Uh, Tony Curtis. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the odd couple might work for you. Um, it's yeah. a, it's older than this film, but yeah, it's just trying to find what. Cause Maybe quite... I just don't like eighties comedy because I don't like Ghostbusters either. You know, that's true. You I like, like bits of it. The best part of Ghostbusters is the very end when they're like, "Everyone, clear your mind. Don't think of anything." And then you just hear <laughs> bang, 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 and he's like, "I'm so sorry. I tried to keep my mind blank, but he just popped in there. Who? Who popped in there? Stay puffed." <laughs> Which do you want to hear a fun fact? A Mandela effect. So I saw. This is embarrassing to admit. So I saw Ghostbusters when I was a little boy. Didn't really like it. Forgot about it. Right? Didn't watch it again till I was like 18. I was convinced in my memory that that, that thing at the end was not the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. I thought for sure it was the Michelin Tire Man. <laughs> I kept saying, oh my god, yeah, at the end of Ghostbusters, they get attacked by the Michelin Tire Man, which I don't think they even have in America. No, I don't think they, I think they even got that logo. It's everywhere, still in the UK, actually, the Michelin Tire Man. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like the Michelin Tire Man. Yeah, it's... for years, I was convinced it was the Michelin Tire Man. And then I watched it, it was like, oh no, it's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, which I actually don't know. Is that even a real brand mascot in America? No, it's invented for the film. It's invented for the film, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, they have the Pillsbury Doughboy and it's obviously kind of a a play It's a parody of that, yeah. yeah. Um, That's interesting. Maybe it is an 80s thing. Um, Okay, so 
I want to go back to airplane. But I like dirty dancing. But that's not that's comedy, really. Rom-com. It's a rom-com sort of thing, isn't it? Um, because I was going to say Back to the Future, but that's kind of an adventure comedy. Yeah, and I, I, you didn't like it. It's all right. You also didn't like. Um, I tell you what, I didn't like was like Back it. to the Future Three. I hated Back to the Future Three because well, it's a western. Yeah, it was so dull. It's the weakest of the three, but it's. I don't think it's that bad. But it is the weakest of the three by a long margin. These. Um, you also didn't like the Indiana Jones trilogy that came out in the eighties. Um, but I love 80s horror. Yeah. 80s was great for horror. It's interesting. Maybe I, maybe there's something to do with 80s comedy styling that just doesn't... Say anything. I like say anything. That's a rom-com again, though. Yeah. That's the one with John Cusack where he holds the boom box out the window. Ah, uh, okay. I, I keep saying to people, say anything is one film you can never remake. Because imagine that big climatic scene in Say Anything if it was done today. He, John Cusack with a little iPod. <laughs> he'd just bluetooth it to her earpods wouldn't he yeah but the problem is is he'd be playing kanye west wouldn't really yeah. work would it for, for some reason in my memory he plays careless whisper but i know he doesn't because <laughs> that film came out before careless whisper but for some reason in my head it's careless whisper on the boombox. he could have come along with the saxophone just done the intro <laughs> should have started stripping straight away because that's careless that is a sexy whisper. saxophone at the beginning of that oh, song it's it's the best saxophone there has ever been in a song in a I, popular song. I want to say, I kind of feel a bit sorry for the audience and for the film a little bit, because we've divulged quite a lot from Yeah, no, film. let's go back to Airplane. But I, I don't know what else to talk about. Well, what about the bit you don't like? Because you haven't brought that up yet. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So Baldy McBalderson. Yes, yeah, so thankfully he's not in the film very much. Um, however, unfortunately, he is a very memorable part of the film for all the wrong reasons. So as I say, the, one of the great things that, in my opinion, this film does is that everyone plays it straight, plays it like it's a drama, and that heightens the comedy. Except this one guy. Um, when we meet Lloyd Bridges, father of Bowen... Uh, Burt? Jeff. What? Jeff. Jeff. Did you say Bowen Burt Bridges? Yeah, Burt Bridges. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Burt Bridges. <laughs> well, that's why it doesn't work there anymore. There's... <laughs> but yeah, uh, he plays the guy in charge of the airport they have to land at. And he has several people around him that he's given orders to. One of them is this guy who, this bald guy, very camp, very camp. And the problem isn't the campness. The problem is he's not playing it straight. And I don't mean that. That sounds wrong. That's <laughs> yeah, not what I that meant. Phrasing, got to change that phrasing. No, Jesus. The performance is too over the top. Yes, he's and playing it's a cartoon inside the lean, cartoon. It's leaning too heavily into gay stereotypes as well. Yes. Because he's constantly floundering around with his hands yeah. and being like, oh. oh. And it, it, it may not be this, but it feels very much like one of the producers went, I'll give you the money if my nephew can be in the film. Yeah. And he's this bald, slightly chubby guy. And they're like, oh, well, we'll make him a comedy guy in this scene. And we'll let him... D-. And he just didn't know the scripts. He just made up his own jokes. I think he was actually a comedian, which is why they gave him the thing. But he was not the right choice for the film. And there's bits that I would have cut. Like, there's a bit where uh, somebody says something, the, the dials are getting higher or something like that. And then there's just this insert shot where he just jumps in like a frog 
grabs this big guy's love handles, goes, and Jeff yeah. is getting larger, and then jumps off like yeah. a cartoon again. And you have the random bit where he unplugs the lights on the runway. Yeah. And then just goes, just kidding. Yeah, and it's just like these... Like, but the thing is, you don't see the runway lights turn off. Yeah, you do. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. you do. But it, it's it's for like three seconds to set that's, up that joke. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I felt like that was them trying to put some actual drama in it for a minute. Yeah. I was like, oh no, now another thing's gone wrong. And then it's just, just maybe that's the parody element, because that is what a real disaster film would do in it, is... Someone's that's what sabotaging it. Yeah. But the thing is, they already did that parody. And so, so there's two pieces that contradict... That, that, that do the same thing, but one works and one doesn't. At least, in my opinion, you may think different. That The first one is that you've got the big camp guy p- pulling the plug and be like, just kidding, <laughs> I'm plugging the thing back in. Um, Breaking the fourth wall as well while he does it. Yeah. Um, that didn't work for me because, he again, he was playing a cartoon within the cartoon. The... Other one is the uh, the captain guy again, the one who's trying to help call him down, uh, the the macho man. And there's a bit where they go, okay, so shall we? Uh, I think it's about time we put on the the lights on the runway or something. I think goes, no, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do, like a like a super villain. And yeah. then it just cuts, and they do it anyway. What what type of man did you say he was? Macho style man. It's a better film. Better film. Oh, right. Straight girl, <laughs> listen to me, man. You got to land that airplane, brother. No, it's one of the jokes that always makes me wet myself uh, by that guy is, and as you can see, I'm in a pool of my own urine. There's, <laughs> there was a bit where, uh, when he first gets to talk to Ted Stryker on the, on the handset, he goes, okay, just hold on a minute, Ted. Turns to the guy in charge of the airport and he goes, the only, my only way of success is to, uh, build up this guy's confidence really let him know that he's he's the right man for the job and talk him down gently he goes okay Ted have you ever flown a one uh, a one engine biped before and he's just like no no I haven't he goes Jesus Christ what's the point the guy's an absolute waste of time <laughs> just start slating him on the phone yeah I like that because it's a I, I like dickhead humour and that was a guy being a dickhead <laughs> true but true, and true. it but it fits the tone of the film and it's genuine. It, it's a parody of something. It it works within the context of the way they've built that world, whereas the bald guy didn't. Yeah. How does this compare to Naked Gun, which is obviously the other big Zucker series from the eighties? So, I have a love. I, I I do like Naked Gun. I'm pretty sure I've seen the first Naked Gun. Yeah. It's got, it's, got Priscilla, Michael, it's got Priscilla Presley in it, hasn't it? She's in all of them, I think. Oh. Um, well, if I've seen any of them, it's the first one. Yeah, I think the first one's meant to be the best one. Is, there a, bit, is there a bit where they go to a baseball game? I think so. There's, so. I haven't seen the third one in ages, actually, but I did catch the first two more recently. Uh, there is a joke I absolutely love in the second one, uh, where he starts talking angrily about sex. <laughs> it's quite well done. But... The, uh, but anyway, the point is, is I, I prefer Police Squad, the series. Yeah, that it that they ended up, you know, turning into the the movies. So there's they recycle some jokes from that series because they I suppose they thought well most people probably haven't seen the series being the time it was it wasn't going to be available on VHS or anything like that, so they repurpose them into the movies. 
but I actually usually the jokes are done better in the series when they've repurposed them because they it feels a little bit like they forced the context to put the joke in whereas in the series it was an actual part of that script progression uh i think i prefer airplane yeah i think i prefer airplane because it's got a very clear clear focus of what it is whereas naked gun feels like a half hour police procedural stretched to an hour and a half right um and something else that I tend not to find funny, and it's not because I'm being... Because you know me, I'm not a royalist, I'm not at all, uh, you know, oh, i got to love Britain and everyone, the royal family and all that jazz, and I can give a fuck. But I know one of the Naked Guns revolves around the Queen, or has the Queen in it, and they do that with Johnny English as well, and I'm just like, oh, don't give a shit. Like, whenever they bring in the royal family in an American comedy, I'm just like, Because yeah. it's always like, I don't know. It, they, it's like they try and be respectful while being disrespectful. And because they're trying to toe both lines, yeah. they never the jokes never land. Have you ever seen America the Motion Picture? No. We might do America the Motion Picture. It's an animated comedy um, that has some bits in it that are funny. And some bits that aren't. But it's basically a retelling of America's history that's completely wrong. Uh, because for starters, a- uh, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington are alive at the same time. Right. Which I'm pretty sure they weren't in real life. Right. Uh, and definitely Abraham Lincoln didn't die before George Washington. <laughs> but basically, George Washington... Abraham Lincoln dies by getting assassinated like Abraham Lincoln did in real life. And then George Washington has like Wolverine claws and goes on a campaign of revenge against the British um, and King James the Third, was it, who went mad? Yeah. Is played by Simon Pegg and his evil plan is he's got a giant air balloon, hot air balloon shaped like a tea kettle and it's going to pour tea all over America and when the Americans drink it, they become British. Um, and there, there is quite okay. Fair enough, it's making me laugh. Even though it's stupid, there is a bit where um, one like they force this American to drink some tea, and he literally just like trembles a bit, and then poof, he's suddenly British <laughs> with like terrible teeth, and like oh, tallyo, governor, what, what, pip, pip. Um, and then the way they end up, it comes to a big battle, like the end of fucking Avengers Endgame, and. Um, there's the entire British army and George Washington and his friends and no one else. And the kings are like, how will you get anyone else to help you? And he, he, I think for the whole film, he's had this guitar and he didn't know what to do with it. And he's like, I know now what I need to do. I need to play the battle cry of my people. I need to summon them with a patriotic to... And you obviously think he's going to play like the American National Anthem. <laughs> he starts playing fucking Freebird by Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and it works. All the Americans like sense it and come running to this battlefield. And you're like, what? But it's also got loads of jokes that do not work. Or at least didn't work for me. Okay. But we, we might try, we might give it a look. Fair enough. But that, that's another one. Uh, unfairly, I'm going I'm to stand up for a king for once. George III, I'm sure it was George III who was who is referred to as the Mad King. Um, not nearly as bad as things like that and Hamilton make him out to be. No, he got dementia or something, didn't he? Like, they obviously didn't yeah. diagnose it, but he, 
because it was only his later life. It was only like the last 10 years. Because you know he's like the third longest reigning monarch. Because right. I think it's Queen Elizabeth II in it, yep. then Victoria, then it's him. He's right behind Victoria. Mm. Um, it was only like the last 10 years of his life. But he also, um, one the quote I always remember from him is when America got its independence... There was like this film and Hamilton trying out like there was this animosity. There actually wasn't. There's the most famous quote from George the Third is he invited their political. What's the word I'm looking for? President. No, um, no, no, no. You you have a person in your political party whose job it is to go to other countries. Ambassador. Ambassador. He invites their ambassador to come to Britain. Literally, as soon as America becomes an independent nation, um, and it's John Adams at the time, and he comes, and there's a famous quote from George III where he says, he basically promises him that there'll be no more animosity and that Britain and America will have this special relationship that we've still got to this day. Um, and he, the quote is, he says, although I, was the last to con- although I was the last to consent to the divorce, I will be the first to offer my hand in forging a new path. Or something like that. Right. Do you think a crazy man would do that? <laughs> but he was crazy. Not at that point. No. <laughs> but anyway, that's a random history lesson for you all. There we go. Um, cool. I think that's probably all there is to say about Airplane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, summation, I enjoy the film. I think it's a brilliant film. It fits into my sort of humour, the sort of puns that I tend to do, that I do in this show and Jamie cuts out, and I do in VGMP and I leave in because I like to watch him cry. Uh, <laughs> it does not fit in with the pun type of humour that Jamie absolutely adores. He loves puns. I hate them. Why do you hate puns? I hate them. Every once in a while, there'll be a really good one. Well, that's all there is to say. So thank you for having joined us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as we take a little trip back to 1980. Uh, that was a second take on Airplane from 1980. And we look forward to hanging out with you guys again when we give another film a second take.